0: Love Talk Radio.
1: back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. Those of you who listen regularly know that we are very involved in the creative and visionary exploration of human potential. Well, it's very interesting because today we have truly one of the great pioneers of the human potential movement, and her work has been pioneered by so many who have followed in her footsteps and have branched off in different ways through the work of Jean Houston, who is known as a teacher, philosopher, and truly one of the artists, the social artists of the Human Potential Movement, and helped to establish the social artistry leadership model that was used by Herb in the United Nations Development Program. And over the course of her life's work, Jean Houston has developed a worldwide network of social leaders, educators, and philosophers, including such as Joseph Campbell, Margaret Mead, Buckminster Fuller, Jonas Salk, United States Presidents Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton, as well as Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, giving them all her unique insight into the world of human potential. Jean has also worked with agencies such as NASA and as well as the United Nations, as said, and has authored over 30 books. She also was the author and the pioneer behind a mystery school for many years, and it was really there that I originally met her, though I met her through her writing, and I've been a long-time fan of her work because she has brought so much to bear, very much especially the domain of understanding the relevance of mythology in our contemporary Mm -hmm. lives. You could say, that's funny. Mythology is something of history, of the past, but not in Jean's mind, not in her hands. And her latest book, The Wizard of Us, Transformational Lessons from Oz, with a foreword by Deepak Chopra, really defies ordinary thinking about it and brings her work very much in line with her dear old friend and colleague and my mentor, Joseph Campbell. And uh, so, Gene, I'm so glad to have you on the show again And now to talk about this
0: Well, thank you so much, Mitchell You know, when I hear these really nice introductions I wonder, who are they talking about? I'm the one who takes
1: care of the dogs <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know in life, as they say The enlightened master chops wood and carries water So, yeah. I
0: gotta, I've got to plant the peas this afternoon <laughs>
1: Oh, do you? Oh, well, that's very laudable, you know. But, you know, I don't have to tell you, Gene, of all people, that we we occupy many dimensions, and uh, we're the same ones who have to brush our teeth and, uh, you know, plant the peas as well as raise to levels of uh, human magnificence, and um, I feel that you very much exemplify that work in yours to us. So, what is this latest work? I've just been eating it up. I love when people take The Wizard of Oz, which is truly one of my first experiences of television, actually. I was just a toddler when I wanted to crawl into the TV to join with Dorothy. You know that mm-hmm. feeling?
0: Well, I do indeed. You know, it's a story that seems to be it's iconic for the American soul, you know? Yes. Because everybody has seen it. I think it's something like. Uh, Oh, I don't know. It, it, it's probably several billion by now. People have actually seen this. Yes. So, you know, I, I've done so much work in studying myths, great myths, you know, the search for the grail and uh, yes. the, the descent into the underworld and heroes, the hero's journey. Right. But, but I had never really done an American myth. And so people said, why don't you just take that oh. great story? And I said, well, of course, oh, of course. And then uh, as you know it, it the book has taken off because I was on Oprah for an hour. It turned out that this was her favorite story. Oh <laughs> the Wizard of Oz, my God. And she absolutely identifies with Dorothy. Now that may seem kind of funny to you, but it's really true. She feels herself yes. as Dorothy in a kind of yes. world that she has co created, which has been quite wonderful.
1: Well, now that's the story is
0: such I yeah. think it's so powerful because it really reflects not just the time in which it was written, which was originally 1900, you know, with Frank Baum.
1: Oh, by the way, I heard
0: from Frank Baum's great-granddaughter, and she wrote to me and said it was a complete download into his mind all at once, the whole story. Oh, my God. Just like the Harry Potter series was an complete download in seconds to – Uh, J.R.
1: Rowling, you know. It's as
0: if these these great stories exist in another realm, a parallel
1: universe. And And you were able to tap into that realm and get the download, so to speak. By the way, I just want to say, if it may be of comfort to you that some people refer to me, Gene, as the white male Jewish Oprah, and I, too, love <laughs> The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> all right. Which
0: one of the characters do you identify with, then?
1: Oh, that's too difficult. I. It's just, I why don't I say this? I quote the lion all of the time, yeah. and I very much identify with the scarecrow.
0: Yeah, well, that's interesting. Yeah. The lion, of that's course, really was saying. Jewish. You know, that was Bert Lahr. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's right. Courage,
1: courage.
0: And he played. By way, it by, it way, by the, end the end of this, he you played have it as a Jewish group. shlemiel too, if you remember his, his performance. Who does
1: Bert Lahr?
0: Bert Lahr played the lion as a Jew, as a shlemiel. Oh, as a, you're right. Yeah, it's a really nevish. true. And <laughs> <laughs> no, nevish. Nevish is someone when he enters the room. no... It, it feels as if somebody has left.
1: <laughs> <You know>? um, <laughs> oh, that sounds like Groucho Marx. That was good. <laughs> my
0: dad wrote for Groucho Marx.
1: Oh, that. did he? Oh, I know you grew up in the world of what? And he,
0: yeah, my dad wrote Bob Hope. Uh, oh. Uh, oh, God, all of them: Jack Benny, uh, Charlie McCarthy, all all those
1: shows. But he also I wrote, wrote for Groucho, so funny. I knew Groucho. And oh, you did know Groucho. Very oh, different. <laughs> Who's going to write the biography? You know what? I might be the one who writes the biography of Gene Houston, from t to de Chardin, the Central Park, all the way through. Yeah, you know? well, I wrote
0: a book called A Mythic Life, you know, which is my autobiography. Oh, it's a very oh, funny book. Oh, you
1: know, okay. A Mythic Life. Yeah. Thanks for telling me. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. No, I really love it. I, I have always, you are at base, you are a laudable storyteller. And I, <laughs> you know, let's get well, real. I mean, up in generally... business he becomes <laughs> exactly. But know. there you are in um, the wilds of Taiwan, and I've been in a in a parallel yes. place like that in China, by the way,
0: with yes. the water
1: da- coming down and stuck in the temple, and it's freezing cold. At least it sounds like you had a little food in your belly, which we didn't have. Yes. but yes. you Nathan, broke out Nathan into the story. Yeah. Yeah. of Wizard of Oz. I mean, why don't you <laughs> recount that too, if you wouldn't mind?
0: Well, I was working with, uh, you know, I, this was an Institute of Cultural Affairs, and so we were in the middle of Taiwan with the Aboriginal people there—not the Chinese, but yes. the people who probably were of Hawaiian descent originally. Sure. And um, it was Hawaiian a monsoon. Population. It was a monsoon. You can't see two, three inches in front of you. Monsoon. And we had this this festival dinner of snake and poi. Taste. This was the worst time I ever had my whole life. And then there was no place to sleep, so they put us in their little temple made of um, shale rock and and uh, yeah. slate actually. And and it was dropping through. The, the rain was coming through, and every three seconds there was this thunderous clap of lightning and thunder. And every time we got it, we saw a shrunken head and it turned out it really was a shrunken head because they had been headhunters until world war 2 and uh so there was that and then it was so then the old lady who was the matriarch of the tribe which was about 90 said this is a night for stories and i said well what kind of stories and she said oh a story about you know essentially the the weather and and a portal to another realm Yes. And and uh, the great storm that takes you to this other realm, and of course, I thought The Wizard of Oz. So I told the story all night as it was being translated, and mm-hmm. and then when we got to the final line, "There's no place like home," uh, someone trying out their English said, "There's no place like home." <laughs> so I realized how powerful the story is yeah. because you know yeah. the 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 scarecrow and and the lion and and they all were characters in ancient Chinese mythology. Glinda mm. was probably one of the Taoist immortals, as was the wizard. So
1: yes. it, was, uh,
0: it, it is a universal story that seems to be inscribed in the human condition, because its archetypal structures are 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 essences yep. that speak to us. And that's what I try yes. to do in this book, you know, I show how... Yeah. We all are living in a state of yearning, as poor Dorothy, isn't it? I mean, how much of your work has to do with oh, the, addressing this huge sense of call? We know we're living in the most interesting time in human history. Other times yes, thought indeed. they were it, they're wrong. This is it, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> this is it. Yes. And we are in a kind of, we have dust bowls, we have tornadoes, we've got tsunamis, we have
1: mm-hmm. massive
0: shifts in the weather. Uh, and uh, there is very deep poverty, and very great distinction between the very rich and, and those who have very little. And you have that in the story. And this yearning, mm-hmm. how can I get out of this stinking, outmoded situation, which is where exactly. Dorothy is? Her yearning is so huge; it is so huge that something yeah. has to happen.
1: And she, how feels how so in her, she feels so oppressed in her. She feels so oppressed in her pigsty-oriented farm life there That's you know right. and so but let me ask you uh based on all that you said it comes to mind Gene, that some say that the wizard of oz was very much a kind of a, a political allegory based on the times in the united states mm-hmm. Uh, did you come across that notion? Well, you
0: do come across it. I've come across at least 15 different interpretations. Oh, okay. But sure. the great granddaughter assures me it was just a complete download. It, it has, <clears throat> he was given okay. to archetypal and symbolic knowledge. And yeah. so I think that was, if that was in his mind, it was very much as an afterthought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the political, the political
1: um, allegorical domain, you mean?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Was an afterthought. Okay, he wasn't but seeking I... to <clears throat> spell out and articulate some of the troubles at the time in a in a particular way of mm-hmm. the characters at hand.
0: Well, that's that true. All you know oh, great myths, isn't isn't that true, Mitchell? Yeah, you know, it is. Myths actually, myths speak to one time and another, and you that's can take right. almost any myth, and it really turns into a drama of the modern condition because a myth. Holds the myth is the DNA of the human psyche. It yeah. it really holds the depth and breadth of our collective unconscious. So naturally, it can be interpreted in so many ways.
1: That's you so know, the I know you went. To, I know you went to Barnard, and I don't I know did. if uh, you knew of a uh, professor at Columbia named Alvin Boyd Kuhn, who wrote, I didn't know uh, of him.
0: Yes, of course. Yeah.
1: But you do know, uh, who wrote The Lost Light, and I found it on the top uh, floor of the Bard College Library many moons ago. And I fell in love with it because I was working on a – my major was comparative mythology way back then. And and, uh, he said, the myth is always truer than history. Yes, he did. Yeah. Because I just wanted to bring that to bear in light of what you're saying.
0: Because yeah. so the myth is eternal; it is part of the Indeed. coding of the human psyche, you know, and so, for example, when you look at you travel when when in so much of my work around the world, I try to find what is the core story so I'll work with the Ramayana in India or with the Parsifal myth in in parts mm-hmm. of europe and um but I take these stories and I find that if you can weave processes. <clears throat> of developing body, mind and psyche along with while you're telling the story people will go further and deeper and of course yes. in this little book of mine The Wizard of Us <clears throat> that's something I try to do so for yes. example when we get to a situation with let's say the scarecrow who has is he's, who's disenfranchised from his mind that speaks to all of us doesn't it yes. how many of us feel, feel we're not intelligent not as smart enough not quick enough and yep. so Dorothy, who is a heroine as opposed to being a hero, so she's full-filled mm-hmm. with compassion and she's re- ready to have a whole team, whereas the hero doesn't have too much compassion on his journey, and he just yes. plows ahead. But yes. Dorothy takes him off the hook, and that's the, the way I hope this book is one that takes us off the hook
1: of mm. feeling we're
0: inadequate in our intelligence. If I only had a brain, and yes. so we do brain exercises. I give people ways of thinking, entirely different new ways of Focusing on their mind and breathing with their brain, so they actually feel yes. themselves coming into yes. greater and greater intelligence yes so, and, and this is what I do throughout the whole story as as you know uh i do i do
1: i mean one of the <clears throat> one of the keynotes if you will, of the book is that you not only tell a story but that you engage the reader then in a series of exercises processes. Through which they can get in touch with and integrate those lost fragmented parts back into the wholeness of their being, and it's uh it's an excellent beautiful um orchestration, if you will, and I very much appreciate it. What kind of feedback have you gotten on that on that part of it?
0: Oh God, hundreds of letters really <clears throat> coming to my to me personally it's all over my Facebook coming to the publisher yes. Yes. Um so yes, p- people are y- doing the exercises, they are employing the whole process. Yes. And there are even many, many, many groups, I mean dozens that I know of, have formed around the book to meet once a week and do these different processes.
1: Is and that so? then
0: yeah, so they've all they're all these are yellow brick road <laughs>
1: Group. Wow. Not unlike That's years
0: fabulous. ago when my husband and I wrote Mind Games, you know, and uh and there were thousands of, of groups that formed around mind games. And then, of course, mm. John Lennon wrote a uh, – um, he bought 4,000 copies, something like that of it. And then he, really? then he wrote a song for us called Mind Games.
1: Which I <laughs> really? Wow, year. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. wonderful. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know, the reason it has its resonance, as you're really outlining, is because of its – you know not to be redundant mythic quality which is another way of saying its eternal quality and one of the points you make here is that uh that if anything myth is bringing us to the awareness of our multidimensionality and i think that's a very important piece of the whole but when you look mm. at history since i did bring that quote up of Kuhn's, i'm just curious How do you see history and myth side by side?
0: Well, history is the memory of a particular culture's uh, sort of appropriation of itself. History Mm -hmm. can also been involved in a particular culture. Um, And so the cultural lens is very important. In the mythic lens, it's very different. Because yes. the mythic lens tends to speak not just to the culture in which the myth evolved, but also to universal themes. So whereas when we read other people's history, we may not particularly identify, but mm-hmm. when we but when we read myth, it just regardless of where the myth comes from, it strikes us to the core. It's almost the cosmic tale as it is writ large in terms of a, the writ large version of our own deep deepest human story.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, you're reminding me of mm-hmm. a theater piece that I was once part of many years ago. We took uh, the Nobel Prize winning uh, writer, Isaac Pesheva Singer, who taught at Bard, did. actually. And, did he? Uh, yes. Oh. but not he was a visiting a professor not there. He
0: would have died by then, I would imagine. By when? Was, well, by the time when you were in Bard. You probably didn't study
1: directly with him. Oh, I knew him. We were good but friends. did? Oh, oh that's wonderful. yes. Oh, yes, exactly. And he gave a small group of us permission to take his story, Gimple the Fool, and uh, adapt it to theater. And we had a little theater company called the Bakery Theater Cooperative, where we had, you know, a couple of challahs. there were two actors only, um, Gimple and everyone else, who was my girlfriend at the time. And uh, he loved our show. He loved it, Mm because it was so simplistic. simple, and he felt that we re-enacted the, the sensibility of the shtetl, if you will, in which it was yes. taking place. And interesting since i have gone this far. I'll tell you that he told Barbara Streisand when he was out in yes. L.A. looking at yes. the rushes of Yentzel, the film.
0: Yes, I uh, what you're going to say. He,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. He said, you know, there's a small little theater company in New York I think you ought to talk to and get a little advice from Yes, yeah, yeah, he was hear very angry at
0: that what she
1: <laughs> yeah, what she did
0: with the the uh, with the Yentl story the the, yes. the voice of, yeah
1: yes exactly Yentl. exactly but the reason I brought all of this up Gene was because <coughs> I got to know Isaac quite well back then we all did and uh, he told us that he was and we learned that he was very popular in Japan of all places and the reason was because. Their folk heroes were so close to the Jewish and the Yiddish folk heroes.
0: Now that explains something to me because I was wondering why, yeah. when the, uh, the the story of the of um, you know the matchmaker matchmaker when 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 the yes. story, uh, mm-hmm. the, the great show, went to Yensel. Oh, oh Fiddler Fiddler on the Roof. Yeah, the Fiddler on the Roof when it went to Japan. Yes everybody loved it in Japan they said it's just like the Japanese
1: and uh-huh. I'm
0: how could this story about exactly. 1904 Russia in a little uh-huh. shtetl be like the Japanese but evidently you see it had mythic structures it crossed the great divide Indeed. of otherness exactly. and this is what Singer's work does it's interesting because I'm uh, just a, a night or two ago I was just I have a big, big, big book of of singers' uh, stories, and I was just oh, do them. you? Uh huh. Yeah, I read them yeah. all the time.
1: Uh, yeah, so big, beautiful.
0: Yeah. yeah. But it's, so, it's in different other different words, books. now
1: that has become uh, clear to you about what that relationship is between the the folk hero of the shtetl and uh, the Japanese culture. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Which I was striking to me too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Who well, would have funk yeah. it? You could say. You know, but but such is the way of myth and so such is the way of the archetype that we mm-hmm. all can find inside ourselves the scarecrow the tin man the lion dorothy and toto and even well the wicked witches Could the you wicked comment witch, the great on that? naughty the great naughty yeah.
0: who yeah. is the principal not of entrapment but of intelley interesting enough I'm uh, sorry, not, not into entropy. the principle of entropy because
1: oh, she entropy, yes. <clears throat> tries
0: to constrain you. She tries yes. to keep you in a parenthesis of old ways, same old, same old, yes. serial monotony, so that you will not <laughs> yeah. go, go further until you get to that place where, with by virtue of going deeper, going further, having your team with you, uh, getting over, uh, you know, your 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 usual ways of thinking and knowing, diving into the Passions and the possibilities of your own capacities—you really, you, you defeat her, because without her, you would just have a little sweet little story, and the wizard would have had nothing to do with them because mm. they would not have been interesting enough for him.
1: Mm. So it was she that had to be overcome and outwitted for yes, but- Dorothy and her et al to have any real prestige with the wizard.
0: And indeed, what happens is that it's the throwing of the water. Because, you know, she had tried to, she put the torch to the scarecrow. And Dorothy takes the water, throws it on the scarecrow to put out the fire. It falls on the witch. Oh, who would have thought such a little girl could destroy my beautiful wickedness? It's the water of life. And this is what, this is the essence, the ichor of what happens by the end of that story. Because Dorothy has grown so extraordinary in going into the other realm that is the deeper realm of ourselves, because the story is about the transversing to the depths of ourselves the the when she says that it was all in my own backyard ha ah, that's the nineteen thirty nine version of the collective unconscious of the human race, which she taps into because we have access to parallel worlds within us. there is no question about that.
1: Mhm, what was that word you used ikor
0: ikor it's 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 an essence. It is a vitalizing
1: fluid. Mhm. How do you spell it and where is it from? Uh
0: ichor would probably be yeah, it'd be ancient Greek.
1: Okay. Um uh, yeah. I C O R?
0: I C H O R. It's the golden okay. fluid. Uh originally oh. it comes as the blood of the gods. I the see. Interesting
1: but it Thank is
0: it's, it's 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 that which uh is uh, that activates higher capacities. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's there's many different versions of it, but, but originally sure. it is an
1: ancient Greek word that is the blood of the gods. Interesting. Um, it sounds like it has an alchemical flavor to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Interesting, yes. So, tell the story, if you would, as you see it. I was going to say, please tell us the story, Dorothy. Um, you know... <laughs> Tell story. <laughs> as Tell you story. Story. see it. <laughs>
0: How do I see it?
1: As yes, as you feel that you received this download, what you feel <laughs> uh Frank most meant, wanted to in a sense deliver through you at this time, distinct from <laughs> when he did it then.
0: Okay, but well, remember he's the one with the download. He had the whole thing. It just according to his great granddaughter.
1: Well, he I got the download. But I think you download. downloaded I think him. He
0: started it out fairly, yeah, not me. He got the download. I just followed. I'm I'm second level download. He's first. Okay, level you download. followed the yellow
1: brick road though. <laughs> That's
0: right. Okay. Um what, what what did he want to say? First of all, he was a great storyteller. Yes. And like all great storytellers, sometimes you don't know what's going to happen next. But he had written a lot of stories and a lot of books by that time. He had been in many strange businesses. I mean, really Mm -hmm. peculiar businesses, like opening up a boutique of fine art and and antiquities and antiques in northern uh, I forgot whether northern Miami or North Dakota, where yes. uh, uh, Where all you had was sheep herders and cowboys. <laughs> I think that was Dakota. It was Dakota, like he was then. bringing Oz to unlikely places.
1: <laughs> yes. I like, wonder if he's like the magician.
0: Yeah, he
1: that is. Became, you yeah. know, Oz in the is, earlier version.
0: Yeah, he is a wizard, and he's he a very wizard. sweet man, and then around the pot-bellied stove of his stores, he would always tell stories to children, and these things would just pour out of him. So in some way... He was uh, deeply connected to a, a deeper world, a deeper reality, all the time. And the fact that he was always bringing these fanciful stories and fanciful experiences, uh, which never quite worked until he actually put it down in a book, is, is yes. what he His wife and his mother in law were strong uh, suffragettes. And so you find in his story very strong feminist things. As you find mm-hmm. in Little Dorothy, you know, as well as yes. uh, Glinda of Oz and things like that. Sure. Um, so the it was just interesting to me that in Oz the movie about <clears throat> supposedly the, how the Wizard got to Oz, um, it 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 has women as uh, for the most part as evil aspects, which Frank mm. Baum would have been appalled at, I, th- I think. I think.
1: Mm-hmm. But the
0: story itself, it's a it's a woman's journey, female journey. She meets. She ends up from a gray world of Kansas with its straight lines, and suddenly she's in this effulgent, sumptuous, multicolored world. And that allows me in the book to activate people's inward senses and their capacities for higher order creativity and awakeness and alertness. She meets the great higher guidance, which we all need in Glinda. Glinda is the archetype of the higher guidance. What I call the intellecti, the deep mm-hmm. sense of purpose and passion and getting on with it, and I do an exercise to get them in touch with this higher guidance, and then <laughs> she's put on the road of spiritual pollen, and by the way, that is an, uh, a a uh, symbol that you find all over the world. What becomes yes. a yellow brick road is the road from among the Native Americans of the of, people of the Southwest of the road of spiritual pollen. And mm-hmm. then, it, and that's the energizing lure that carries us forward. When we bother to really pay attention to it, she meets the disenfranchised parts of herself, the the brain, you know, the the problem, yes. and uh, the the mineral, the the vegetable kingdom, the mineral kingdom, the disempowered heart. She is all heart, but the only heartful being in her old world that responds to her is Professor Marvel and and her doggy, you know. Yes. And then, of course, she meets the disenfranchised courage. How can, how dare I, how could I? In which we all are in that state of, and so we do exercise and all these things to activate yes. these different capacities. Yes. And then, of course, to go uh, to fall asleep. To me, that is a major piece.
1: To mm-hmm. fall
0: asleep just before you are nearly there. I mean, I've done this many times. How about yourself? Yeah, that you're so, nearly sure. there, and something diverts you, or you say, "Well, maybe I'll do it in the next week,"
1: and sure. you lose
0: your kairos you lose the power and the passion and the potency right. of the time. Yes,
1: that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. self sabotage, for up? instance. You yeah. Self sabotage is the, the psychological dimension of that.
0: Yeah, that's the demonia of your inner self. Yes, <laughs> that's, that's at the entropy. So the entropy yes. isn't just up above. Where the, the, the which is writing, surrender Dorothy, it's also within ourselves, surrender to old ways, surrender to the easy comfort of old habits. That's right. There's the opiated mind. states. Yeah, the opiated states. Right. Powerful yeah. story. And then when they Very finally beautiful. get to this funny wizard who they've met about six times by that time, and yes. they've had the release of the old pattern, the wash up society that is mm-hmm. filled with laughter. Laughter and release. I mean that's the story when they enter the green world, the green world, the ecological yes. world. The munchkins. And is and there is the release. Uh, you yeah. know, and the laughter. Ha 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 ho 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 you know, that's how yeah. and so it's laughter, it's the sense of joy, of deep community and of course of the release of all the old structures so they're brushed up and they're washed up. And then when they finally meet the wizard he turns out to give them a horrible task, an impossible task that would kill them, and mm-hmm. that is to bring back the... Bee. And what is that about? What do you think that's about, the heart, the big task?
1: To bring back the broom of yeah. the... Uh, the Wicked Witch, yeah. The Wicked Witch. Uh, I think that would be the venturing into the unknown of our own psyche, the darkness and the void... And to return victorious and, by the way, alive To be so unidentified With one's own, let's say, habituated ways That one could surrender to something that would be Larger and scarier, and yet maintain Some sense, some navigating tool Inwardly, that could go, experience Return.
0: Now, that's, that's very deep and wise. Give me an example from your own life of how you've done that.
1: Well, I forgot what it's like to interview you, Gene. You turn it all around. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I would say that that would be when I have struck out into a venture in which I was totally in over my head. Mm -hmm. I have been, for instance, with – I'm doing a lot these days in the world of green and eco-projects for global transformation. I mentioned that to you in your living room some time ago. And uh, one of the things I find myself in a situation is with – heads of companies, CEOs, that part is actually okay, but with techies who are speaking a language that I do not understand. I do not have a background in science and physics and engineering and any of it, and they make suppositions among themselves and use a certain inner lingo, and I'm the guy who's bringing the parties together, and I'm supposed to understand everything that's going on, but I am... I. I don't have my handle on the language. I do not know how to reach that level at that moment, but yet I've mustered the courage to go there anyway because there's a higher good that can come of the meeting.
0: Well, that's wonderful. You see how how that is how, how wonderful that is. Yeah, um, you know, As but an example. Tech, yeah. tech translation is. is is a real talent. It's like learning a whole new order of knowing. Yeah. It it really is. A tech talk, geek speak,
1: uh,
0: nerd nerd words. (laughs) (laughs) That's
1: right. That's right. It's not me. But what's really interesting in that domain is use of metaphor is probably the best way to describe those engineering processes.
0: Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. the creative use of language at those moments? Mm. Just yeah, but if somebody so,
0: says to me, well, you've got to look at USB 2.0 or get 802.11n, because you, then you see, <laughs> then it's
1: all clear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Why didn't you say that in the first place, right? We are speaking with Gene Houston who is uh who is truly a heroine for me and uh also for so much of the rest of the world. Uh storyteller, par excellence, visionary thinker, teacher, philosopher, and really the pioneer of the human potential movement, author of thirty books, the last one called The Wizard of Us. She is on with me, Mitchell Rabin, on A Better World Radio. You can reach us at abetterworld.tv. Join our A Better World community. Get on our mailing list and our free newsletter every week, letting you know of the radio and TV shows we'll have and do have. And uh, we are always speaking with very special individuals, the sung and the unsung heroes of society, who are making a difference, sometimes in front of the scenes, sometimes behind and Jean, I just uh, thank you again for being on the show today. It's such a pleasure to talk with you.
0: It's lovely to talk to you, Mitchell.
1: Absolutely. So let's let's forge on with the work of Dorothy in the context of here. So she comes back with the broom, the wicked witch's broom. Then what?
0: Well, then what happens? I mean, she she. <laughs> The, the very fact that she can bring it, and then they they remain unrecognized, and that's yes. the fascinating part that he doesn't seem to want it. there's something more that has to happen and you have these sacerdotal uh you know explosions of light and faces and things i mean early early high tech <laughs> you know with his geared yes, jazz,
1: and they exactly. are all
0: shuddering, and nothing is happening, and they're going right. to be stopped they have come i mean how often? Has one seemingly had the success, and yet the stop is there again? And it then shakes the spirit of life, meaning the little yeah. doggy, Toto, to go and pull back the curtain. And there you exactly. see this funny old fellow, you know, doing his 1900 <laughs> version of Gears and things. And, <laughs> right. and he says, don't look, don't pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, which is an <laughs> incredible line. And has become totally. a kind of mythic line for people. Pay no attention to the fact that it's all uh, is smoke An and mirrors. Pay That's no right. attention to the uh, the illusion that makes that you've been made to feel is the real. Because beyond it, beneath it, is the real illusion. You know, <laughs> exactly. the real exactly. story. And of course, yes. then uh, that and that, of course, is ultimately the deep heart of this man. Who then? As he agrees, turns out to be not much of a wizard, but a tremendous psychotherapist, yes. doesn't he?
1: Who yes, then he does. gives
0: them just what they need.
1: Each what they need, know? exactly.
0: But, and and but which is the resolution of the fact that they have triumphed. That the that the, the scarecrow who thought he had no brain has acute intelligence and, and is right. given a doctor of psychology. The the
1: That's right. the psychology. you know the the Tin
0: yes. Man who yeah. thought he had no heart is given a ticking heart the the <laughs> they're very funny rudimentary things but they work and That's the badge right. of courage to the to the lion. lion. And then the whole thing is well what about you Dorothy? And yeah. then the whole issue of the the who Dorothy really is comes up. And that yeah. of course you are, you are the ruby slippers. Which means the totality of our potential that we've been walking around in for yeah. so long but we almost needed to go through so many 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 kinds of experiences before we agreed to and recognized the magnificence of what we contain and it was with us all the time and that it, that then allows then our potential allows us to be carried from the deep world to the world of space and time And therein, from what we know about the next many volumes that that succeeded, in which you then, the two worlds are put together, and the green world and the greening of the world begins.
1: The heroine hero
0: returns so, so deepened, so uh, empowered, so skillful, filled with skillful means, and then she empowers the the dust bowl world, the, the, the gray world, she turns it into the green world.
1: Yes.
0: Yes, okay. yes. It's a tremendous story.
1: It truly and... is. It truly is. And uh retold by you in this way, in this perspective, <laughs> you bring it alive and just your asking me the question that you did shows uh a lot of what your book is doing. It's engaging the reader on a personal level to enter the space. Of each of the archetypes and find him or her inside oneself. Uh, you said something earlier in the book about uh, about the wicked witch representing uh, the status quo, the conventions, keeping things the way they are. Sort of like what you meet at when you go to the DMV, you know. <laughs> I appreciated that, you know, that translation if you will, you know, of those mythic characters that appear to our consciousness as out there but really being, could you talk a little bit, you also mentioned like that boss, that adversary, who we're meeting up with in daily life, could you speak a bit about that bridge between what appears as a fanciful Fantastic story out there, and the way it actually really does apply to our own personal hero and heroine's journey in this life.
0: Oh, well, first of all, let me talk a little bit about the planet at this time. Sure. And I'll put it in a mythic base. Sure. Here we have this beautiful, beautiful planet that is located not in the center of the galaxy where all the action is and all the stars are close together. But right. on an outer wing, we are on an outer wing, an outer a spinning w- you know, wing of Orbit. the galaxy. Yeah. So we are in the skunk works, and by that I mean you put your kosher business on the highway, and then about a mile <laughs> back in the woods you have your little lab where you really experiment. We're the experimental yes. lab, aren't we? Yes.
1: <laughs> so it's Cosmologically speaking <laughs> right <laughs>
0: it's where you can blow things up You know, and have to, you know Experiment yes. and So we, we are given on this planet A sufficiency of crisis Complexity And consciousness And yeah. circumstances and, and now at this point The acceleration of all of these So fast in the last You know 50, 100 years That we are In what I can only call God's school We're in God's school We're God's mm-hmm. God seeds but we are given intensive training. It's really the ultimate boot training camp, isn't it?
1: Yeah. When you look it at it,
0: because you and I have lived anywhere between five to ten to a hundred times the amount of sheer experience of our ancestors of 100, 150 years ago. Yes. <clears throat> you know, and we might say, well, we've got all these uh, labor-saving devices, and they take up a lot of our time.
1: I <laughs> yes, mean, right. How right, many computers. people really
0: have big time for doing the inner work because they're spending all the time on email That's or right. Facebook? Exactly. One want to look at that. That's also part of the the the, the part in the in the uh, story where you fall asleep, where That's you right. are diverted from your deeper journey.
1: And here's the all true all leisure, students, in other words.
0: Yeah, I said use you do your Facebook and your and your email during the the sleepy time in the at three o'clock in the afternoon, not the first thing when you get yeah. up in the morning. So here we are in God's school with a sufficiency of training opportunities which most many people take, as I am finding, and more and more people are taking all over the world because we know these are the times and we are the people. Mm-hmm. And so what what is it for? I think it is about waking up to these, the very fact that we not just live in the universe, but the universe lives in us. And we have much of the same kind of unlimited capacity and potential that the universe has within the structure of our space-time space time uh, Featherless biped <laughs> of <you know>, life <laughs> right? Contact and and the, yeah. the, and and uh, the, and the acceleration of the time that is requiring of us that we get off, we get on, we stop living a half light existence. Yes. We we stop being encapsulated bags of skin dragging around dreary little egos. <laughs> you know, yes, but start living as the organism environments which we are. Now, mm-hmm. at, So these different potentials are being called forth This is why I wrote a book years ago called Jump Time We are in the jump time where, mm-hmm. where the whole evolutionary process is being speeded up Now, what do we then do with it? I don't know I think what you have is a predictive story In The Wizard of Oz And that you discover other universes Which we're certainly doing in the outer world You know, in the new cosmologies Which is thrilling Mm-hmm. When hundreds and hundreds of new planets have been found just in the last five years. Uh, but also, mm-hmm. so we, we have yes. gotten into understanding of cosmology, something about the way the universe works, so that will greatly expand, and the yes. universe as well. But mm-hmm. the problem is that we have to build the in within ourselves in yes. order to know how to populate and improve and become stewards of the landscapes you yes. know i've worked in You're 108 right. countries at this point yes. you know mm-hmm. over many many years yes. and uh for both the un the ican other international agencies but yes. what i find is that we are in the time of acceleration and it isn't a question of being a north american phenomenon or european or japanese but mm-hmm. it is all over in fact i'm off to china uh, in several weeks, because I've mm-hmm. been asked to talk about an emerging world civilization what Where are we going with it what's happening mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so given given these given these extraordinary things, I would say that the myth that is trying to emerge is changing as the maps of the ancient traditions don't fit the personal territory to the degrees they once did, due to the radical change of our time. We are have to live our lives with the mythic vibrancy of those who originally inhabited the ancient stories. Mm. And because we are in the jump time, where the myth, the great story that is within us and around us, is recreating itself from the stuff of personal experience. Because the development of the psyche, I believe, that is happening now, is as monumental as when people stopped uh, depending on the meanderings of the hunt and settled down to agriculture and civilization. Mm. So we have become missing links in our time. Yes, We Uh are adding our own deepening story to that of the emerging new story, and with it, I do believe, a new planetary civilization. So we have achieved in our time what is surely an extraordinary evolutionary achievement, the ability to continuously receive, recreate, reframe, and extend our experience. There is, it is a new, what I can only refer to as a kind of protean capacity of the self, virtually a new possibility for new structures in mind, brain, psyche. And this is giving us the capacity, and this is my work in social artistry, to see a system's ideas, be they social, intellectual, political, philosophic, or spiritual with a new freedom that was not ours in the past. Mm-hmm. And we have a new ease that stands in sharp contrast to the inner struggles people in the past endured. We can now turn them inside out, reinvent them. I mean, we're in a time of radical reinvention, and this is where we move metaphysically from God's seed to God's self as we take on the steward of the planet, planet in a few hundred months, we'll be out there with the asteroids and probably terraforming Mars. And then maybe eventually we join the galactic milieu and help other species to evolve. Who knows? But there is something massive happening, and 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 it's thrilling, quickening, that is happening in the human soul right now. And myth tells yes. us about it and allows us to explore this and
1: Truly, build up was... the structures that we need. Yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. That's uh, so beautifully wrought. I so appreciate it, Gene. Uh, one thing I'm thinking as I'm listening to you is a distinction between acceleration and evolution. And yes. I know uh, the word evolution has become ever popular these days. And, it's a catch-all uh,
0: like Levin's. It is a
1: catch-all <laughs> phrase, and I've, I know Barbara Mars Hubbard, and I know that work. Yeah. In, all that happened at just around December 21st, on and on and on. We did shows. Stephen Dineen was on it. You know, I, I, Carl Coleman's a good friend. I've put a lot of attention to it. When I honestly look around at the world, and I see what's going on. Uh, what I actually see is a repeat performance of history over and over again with a shining light of approximately, and this is truly an approximation, 10-15% to 15% of the intelligentsia, if you will, that new energy that is rising, that wants to remake, recreate humanity as from God's seed to God's self. I love that. Um, and yet, we're so outnumbered, and even though we have that pioneering spirit and hope on our side and confidence and creativity, still there is the entrenched energy. And I I fantasize about the power of quantum physics, and as uh, Richard Bartlett talks about, who you asked me to meet some years ago, actually, uh, and have met, and thanks to you, you uh, were behind that, Uh, talks about torsion fields and basically creating a new morphogenetic field and a new imago of humanity. But, where are we really? We're enjoying those brilliant thoughts in our own minds, and there is a collective 10 or 15 percent that are enjoying it, but what about uh, everybody else?
0: Well, Please, I know, really want
1: to know because I'm.
0: Oh, right, all right. I'm stuck. <laughs> Get me on my banner. First of all, a normal, <laughs> p- the, the so called normal person who yes. just generally becomes it under the heading of everybody else. A normal person is someone you don't know very well. <laughs> yes. I mean, there is a creative craziness that is. Like a great light that has moved around the world. As I said, my my one claim to fame is that I'm one of the best-traveled human beings who's ever lived, yes, which is not
1: in the 21st century. You know. Yes, but, indeed. Uh,
0: but, you know, I think if you stay within your own structure, and this is true of everybody, yes. you are going to see what is people attempting to work with their lives. You're not seeing this other story that is fiercely moving across continents, across cultures within and without it it is as if the range and the level of challenge is calling forth this Mm -hmm. other story wherever I go, whether I'm with the Watusi's in Africa, or with a tribe in northern Finland you know, a Laplander tribe or down with Ecuadorian shamans, or Mm -hmm. talking to heads of the United Nations, or in the Parliament, heads of Parliament, or kings or queens, because you know, I, or the lady who pushes the broom in her uh, leper colony in southern India. Remember, I gave you. Mm.
1: Yes, I know. Thought, I know. I thought, I've always wanted to massive, go with you. <laughs>
0: massive shifts are going on beneath the blanket of yes. of of uh, the media, which is refusing to see this. And it's a good thing too, because you don't want to look too closely. I'll give you one example. All right. Yes. You go around the world, and everybody knows this, 70% of those who are actually out there doing the work on many, many levels are women. But they aren't just women. They are women of a certain age. Post-menopausal vest is no mere metaphor. <laughs> yes, yes, they tend uh-huh. to be over 50,
1: yes. or the equivalent
0: thereof for their culture. And, mm-hmm. you know, they're not afraid of dying. They're not afraid of putting themselves, or if they're afraid by God, they just risk. And they're out there, and they are making the programs happen, and finding the wells and getting the new technology in that can can easily uh, light a village, you know, with, yes. with so many solar panels in a field in Africa. They are out there, and they are doing it. Now, this yes. rise of women Very true. in its deeper way, in its deeper form, in its deeper form, Uh, that is happening all over the world, is making a massive difference, but nobody is writing about it. You know, they write about the big complaints that women are not in business, aren't being, you know, are running into the glass ceiling. But one of the things that they're not talking about is the fact that this is a massive movement, but it is kept under the radar, and it is so huge, and it is bringing in the uh, bringing women to the to the table in full uh, partnership with in the whole domain yeah. the whole domain of human affairs. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a, that's a massive change. The other massive change is from all its negativity, it still is very positive. Ultimately, that we have the world mind taking a walk with itself because yeah. of the new technologies and the social media. Yeah. I mean, I I imagine I get a great deal of email. I get maybe five hundred to a thousand emails a day, and there's mm-hmm. so much I could read, but it literally, let me just call it up now to see where they're writing to me from, wait a minute, let me just call it up and see, oh, here it is, okay, there's France, yeah, okay, Italy, there's Germany, uh, Japan, ah, more letters from China, okay, yes. where is this from, oh, this is from Nigeria, I'm just going down my, my list. <laughs> I can go. I'm looking at it. it's just the whole world you know
1: fighter oh, yes. in the center of you the, are the such thing. a globalist
0: you are such well a I I
1: am for in the true kind of good term. sense yes
0: but many of us are uh, I'm getting yes
1: I know and I, yes, I many of us are. you have but really it is cut the world through.
0: mind is taking a walk with itself that's what I'm trying to say
1: Yes, indeed. No, no, I really am getting what you're saying. The world of microcredit, in fact, some of the projects I'm working on, are involved in helping bringing uh, desalinated water, for instance, to areas, uh, you know, village life in different parts of the world, of bringing electricity. We're working on something like right now that will bring electricity to Uganda and any number of other African countries that are without it. So, yes, I do know that domain. And those are my friends and associates and colleagues that are so doing. I guess um, you caught me in bemoaning the um, economic and social structures that we are all um, dealing with that are uh, slowing down the world of inner progress. And you could say that it's, you know, as Nietzsche said, if it doesn't kill you, it builds character. You know, that I think... (laughs) I forgot that. That's wonderful. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, there's something to be said gonna about put that. I'm that up
0: on my Twitter. I'd forgotten that. Yes. <laughs> so, <Go ahead. laughs> I
1: appreciate that sentiment, and, and I mostly appreciate the point that you're making. In fact, now to come full circle back to your uh, wonderful book, there is... Um, Part of uh, connected to one of the processes, uh, you do this wonderful thing of what would our political, social, and personal lives be like if we could learn the dynamics of whole system interliving. It's a new word. I love it. That characterizes communities and nature. Nature is an inspired psychologist and a brilliant <laughs> social artist to boot. For if we look at nature's laws, strategies, and principles, we discover that. And then you go on to outline the wisdom inherent in nature, the great experiment that she has uh, tested for millions of years, how to make things most efficient, how to grow things easiest, how to waste nothing, etc., etc. Horst Reckobacher, another uh, dear friend and colleague, who wrote a book on uh, corporations essentially as being a mirror of nature when they're working well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, kind of yes, uh, yes. echoes that same notion.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Could you speak a little bit about that uh, as part of the uh, the new um, footprint for humankind as we go forward? Because I feel like you're helping to spell that out there.
0: In, in terms of nature, the following of nature, yes. or the following of of uh, well, nature. The following is, of uh, nature. Yeah, the fo- nature gives us all the building blocks. I think there's no question of that. I think yes. I, I quote uh the great book by Janine Benyus called uh Biomimicry and I ah, forget about yes, my book. it. it's a very important book. <laughs> totally. It's, yeah, it's a very yeah. great book and and yeah. the Biomimicry Foundation where they really look at the ways nature creates uh the very model that we can follow if we really want to save ourselves, our world and everything else. One of the stories there of course is about how you have two fields. One is just a prairie with all its wild stuff growing in it and one is a Mm -hmm. wheat field and the hailstorms come and everybody runs out and their wheat field is destroyed but very little is destroyed in the prairie because you have so many different kinds of plants. It is not a monoculture it is a polyculture. What does that say about ourselves? When we become a polyculture of multiple cultures both within ourselves as well as without that we are fusionary that we are a world trying to take a walk with itself in a whole new way where we have we have crossed the great as i said divide of otherness where yes. we understand that we are uh, in a in a totally new environment of of fusionary complexity where we honor each other's cultures and yet celebrate our own where we have this great inter... When we become a prairie, because that's what a prairie is like, yes. and not a monoculture, not, and I mean this within oneself as well as within one's culture, then we have biomimicry that means that the human species will survive.
1: Hallelujah! And as they say, Gene, from your mouth to God's ears, <laughs> I'm all for it.
0: But the that point is, is, is you're wearing God's yes. ears, you see. You That's are wearing God's ears. They're pretty big, and they look kind of funny, but like Obama's ears, maybe. But but they are yes. they are God's ears. We are God's ears. The Sufis say that you want to become God's tongue and know everything is good tasting. God's nose and feel the aromatics of existence. God's eyes and see the 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 rich 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 spectrum of reality, and so it goes. Yes. because And we have the capacities within us. Part of our potential allows us to expand our bandwidth on virtually all of our uh, perceptions. And that's why, you know, perception expands, conception retreats. Uh, I once had a, a law, concept louses up percept. That's why we have to expand our perceptions into the godly perceptions with which
1: we're given. Then we become smart. And yes, nine. indeed. And That's good. very, yes, indeed. That sort of encapsulates Zen in mm-hmm. one sentence, you know, without being a koan. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. That's beautiful. Well, I want to just thank you so much, Gene, for your good work and its consistency and persistency over time. And uh, it's just such a pleasure to have you on. And you are truly one of those icons to me. Who are really helping to create a better world? Lord have mercy.
0: <laughs>
1: Lord have mercy. And well, let's God all go and
0: be icons yeah. together, wouldn't it be nice? A worldwide icons. Let's do icon it.
1: Then we will have billions. a new form of iconography. That's right. <laughs> exactly.
0: Thank you so much. Really for
1: appreciate that. it. Absolutely, Lovely Gene. And, and we'll the book have you is on the Wizard again. of Us. <laughs> yes, indeed. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Bye. Sure. Bye. This is Mitchell J. Raven for a Better World. That is Gene Houston, who is truly one of my idols, and uh, I've looked up to her for so long with the good work that she has done, and feet on the ground, another Taurus, by the way, our birthdays happen to be not in the same year, but in the same month, and even just a few days from each other, and uh, we'll be airing this on uh, right near both of our birthdays so please uh, thank you so much for being part of A Better World through your listening, it's a powerful participation for us who are offering these shows it's very special to have you as part of what we're doing because we are in service to you so on that note please visit us at www.w.w. A better world. TV, and join our newsletter if you haven't already and uh, forward our website also to your friends so we can repopulate this beautiful planet with people who are part of the energy of, the theme of certainly and the values of A Better World and the many guests that we have on who are helping to support that wherever they go. So we are also on Facebook, by the way, Better World Media, and Mitchell J. Rabin, I think, is my page, and we're on Twitter, and join us everywhere, and all of the links to all of those can be found at abetterworld.tv. So make sure that you pick up a copy of Gene Houston's The Wizard of Us with a foreword by Deepak Chopra, who is such a brilliant man in himself and uh, you will very much appreciate making Oz a part of you and seeing yourself in Oz. Thanks again for joining us and I'll look forward to seeing you all next